right, everyone. This is John Hall, another episode of Wealth Legion. I have the privilege of sitting here this morning with Jordan A. Harris, who is with the House of Representatives out of Pennsylvania, and he also holds the position as the Democratic Whip. Thank you for coming on the show. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, just yesterday we saw what happened on the news in, in your state with the, the shootings of the six officers. And I'm, I'm really sorry that, that that happened over there. And thank you for coming on. I know you probably could have done interviews with all the major networks out there. And I'm sure your schedule's really, really busy today. But I just want to ask, you know, is everybody doing okay? And, and how has that impacted, you know, your schedule today? What, what's going on in your city? So, I mean, we're, yesterday our city was under, uh, under siege, quite honestly, uh, in the North Philadelphia section of Philadelphia. Um, there was a gunman who um, held folks uh, in a home and also uh, during the course of the, the event shot uh, six police officers. And I believe there was one police officer who was in a car accident on his way onto the scene. Um, we're grateful that uh, none of the injuries uh, were life-threatening injuries and that we believe uh, all of the police officers should make uh, a full recovery. The um, person who was uh, allegedly doing shooting has been, uh, was apprehended uh, and was apprehended alive. And we appreciate the police department here in Philadelphia for their uh, restraint and their uh, professionalism to, to bring this person to justice a lot. But, but let me say this, um, in Philadelphia, uh, while the incident of yesterday, which was a tragic incident, uh, made uh, most of the major news outlets, in Philadelphia, since the month of April, there have been six mass shootings. Six. Wow. Six incidents where there have been four or more people shot in one situation in Philadelphia. That's six mass shootings that did not make CNN that did not make MSNBC, that did not make Fox or any of the national outlets. And the truth is um, that their lives are just as valuable as anyone else's. And we must make sure that when we talk about the issue of gun violence, we talk about how it affects everyone. Um, because uh, these are folks who are walking down the street, sitting on their porch, or just you know going about their lives that are also being affected by gun violence. So we're grateful uh, that our police officers uh, we'll make a full recovery. We're grateful for the work that they do for us every day in our communities. But we're also very much concerned about the gun violence that plagues us uh, uh, far too often and touches far too many families in Philadelphia. Yes, yes. Well, my follow-up question would be, what, what's being done that, that you can speak about on, on your level in, in your work uh, to actually make things safer? I mean, I I've heard the, the term red flag gun laws and things like that. Uh, I had Karee Pennebaker on my show recently. Obviously, you know, he's a large advocate for uh, criminal justice reform as well. What's, what's actually being done that, that you're seeing to make it safer for people out here? So sure, last year, um, I worked with, worked with the governor to create the Gun Violence Reduction Initiative, which is a grant program through the Pennsylvania Commission on Crime and Delinquency, where municipalities can apply um, when they have um, programs or initiatives that help reduce gun violence, they can apply for money 
uh, uh, through that program to help with, with, with funding those things in their community. Additionally, uh, Pennsylvania last year created a $60 million grant for uh, safety in our schools. Uh, and, you know, Philadelphia received a part of that. Uh, tomorrow, I will be standing with the governor here uh, in uh, Harrisburg, and uh, he will be signing an executive order uh, that will help create a special office that deals strictly with gun violence here in Pennsylvania and work on how we can coordinate all of our different offices and resources and agencies to look at it. You know, my perspective is that gun violence is a public health crisis and it has to be addressed as such. Just like we are addressing the opioid crisis and we're putting funding, we're coordinating effort, and everyone's talking about it, we have to do the same thing around gun violence. And that, that cannot just be locking people up. There are early warning signs um, that are available for us to look at if we just take the time. Um, many of our young, in, in, in Philadelphia, many of, of the folks committing, committing crimes with guns are young people. Folks that haven't even reached the age of 25. Yes. So there have been early signs, warning signs, and cries for help and cries for support that have gone ignored for far too long. And we must, as a, a, a city and a commonwealth, work in a coordinated effort to begin to address those things, fund the, fund the programs that we know that work, um, strengthen our, our gun laws, yes, but also enforce the laws that are on the books, make communities feel safe again. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Thank you, thank you for that answer. The next question I got for you really is the reason I wanted to talk to you today. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of your work. I know a lot of people probably aren't aware of what you've been able to accomplish uh, since you've been in your position for the last six years. Mm -hmm. And so the legislation that you were able to get passed, uh, I believe they refer to it the clean slate law. Am I, am I using the right terminology? Um, I forget the, the bill number. I've seen a couple of different things online referring to it. I forgot the bill number as well. I, I can't even tell you. It's, it's clean slate. It's a law. I don't know the bill yes. number. It's the law of Pennsylvania. That's, that I do know. And so let me know, let me know if I misspeak in any way whatsoever. But uh, my, my personal opinion, it's one of the most progressive and impactful laws that's ever been passed related to previously incarcerated persons in America. Uh, the bill is extremely popular and bipartisan. Uh, when it was voted, I believe it was April, uh, it was 188 to, to two as a yes. Mm -hmm. And then in the Senate, it was 49 to zero as a yes. Mm -hmm. So is that all correct? I, I believe you. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember. I remember it got passed and it went to the governor's desk and he signed it into law June 28th of 2018. It became yes. fully active. June 28th of 2019. Yes, and can you, can you tell folks exactly what that, that bill does and how it impacts people? Sure, so, so back in 2016, we actually started um, a process in Pennsylvania, what we, what we call um, record sealing. And it's different from expungement because when a person's record is sealed in Pennsylvania, what that means is when they apply for a job, it is no longer viewable by the employer or the public. The only people who would have access to a person's prior criminal record would be law enforcement or government entities. So what we did in 2016 was we created this record ceiling and we gave judges the authority to give orders of limited access for those who had committed M1s, well, misdemeanor one, I'm sorry, misdemeanor twos and misdemeanor threes that are of a nonviolent nature where 10 years had elapsed since um, the time that they had finished serving 
whatever time, whether it was probation, parole, or any type of incarceration. So M2s and M3s, you could go to court and get your record sealed after 10 years. Fast forward to June of 2018, we passed the Clean Slate Act. The Clean Slate Act took what we did in 2016 and moved it a step further. In Clean Slate, it said that M2s and M3s could be sealed after 10 years automatically without going to court. It also said those who had um, been arrested and charged with crimes that were not ever convicted of those crimes, those things would be sealed and summary offenses would be sealed. It also said that those who had misdemeanors of the first degree, they would have the opportunity to go to court and have a judge seal their records. So the, the, the M2, M3, the, the non-convictions and the summary offenses being sealed automatically after a certain period of time uh, is what is the first of its kind in the nation to automatically seal person's record. Um, so we had to wait a year from when we passed the bill for it to be active because we actually had to have our court system create a, a program, a computer program that could be, that could be in a position to, to seal these things automatically. So from June 28th uh, until June 28th of next year, we believe that in Pennsylvania, 30 million, 30 million records will be sealed under the Clean Slate Act. And then, wow. you know, it'll continue automatically. Wow, that's huge. <laughs> is, is, there, is there anything else out there that you know of that's, that's like this? That's, that's yeah, so, so we, what I said was it was the first of its kind in the nation, but already the state of Utah uh, has passed a Clean Slate Act with a, a representative, Eric Hutchins, uh, or Hutchinson, who I was actually with just last week. We were together. Um, speaking on a panel about clean slate uh, down at the National Conference of State Legislators. So I know Utah has done it. And now there are states across the country that are, that are, uh, have introduced, I know Maryland has introduced one uh, um, for states to across the country to start doing clean slate. In addition to that, uh, in the United States, um, Lisa Blunt, Rochester, from uh, Delaware and Guy Reschenthaler from Pennsylvania, Democrat and Republican, they've teamed up to do clean slate on the national level. Wow. So, so, you know, the, the, the movement of, uh, and that's what I call it, um, what happened in Pennsylvania was a moment, um, but now what we see is that clean slate has actually become a movement. That's wonderful, man. People really need to know about this, and I, I don't think the average person does, so. I'll ask you a random question that popped in my head. <laughs> what What have you done to become so successful with working with people from across the aisle on getting things done? Uh, seems like people in the government are so divided. How have you been successful in getting people to come together? Well, the first thing is I spend a lot of time in my community. And what I know is that um, the folks in my community, they can't afford divided government. Hmm. They can't. They can't afford to wait for us to to you know try to work on things they are in need of 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 the expedience of of our agreement uh, in in legislative houses across this country uh, so i come to this building not looking to score political points but i come here looking at how can i get a a, a product that can you know benefit the folks that live in my district so you know there are many folks 
uh, on the Republican side of the aisle who I vehemently disagree with on issues. And on those issues, I will fight like hell. But on the issues that we agree on, I will have the same energy to work with that person so that we can get something done. And I, I believe that's what government is supposed to be about. We're, we should be allowed to be to disagree without being disagreeable. And, and, and for me, I, I, I really try to work my politics in that fashion where on those things that we agree, we're going to work together and we're going to get stuff done. I mean, I know it sounds crazy to some people. Uh, and, and I'll be honest, with you, I get criticized um, from some of my some of my folks who may be a little more left leaning that, you know, oh, why are you palling around with them? Why are you working? And it's like, you know, the folks in my district, they don't care Democrat or Republican. They want action. Yes. Yes. And that's what we try to do. I really appreciate that. I, I wish more people were, were hearing this message out there. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, so I ask you, what can the average person do really to get involved? I mean, I know you started off, you were a school teacher, yes. right? And then, yes. thank you. And, and then you got involved in your community with the youth mm -hmm. and moved up into uh, local city government, if I'm correct. Yeah. And so you kind of just went, went up the ladder, if you will, but you always, it's been around, your work's always been around the community, like at a grassroots yes. level. So if you've got someone, you know, let's say they're a bartender or let's say they're a school teacher or whatever their background might be, you know, professional or even blue collar, mm -hmm. other than just doing a Facebook post and saying, hey, you know, we need to do something about guns or hey, we need to do something about whatever the issue or topic might be. How, how does the average person get more involved other than just sending somebody some money or you know, where, where do you even start? Well, I, you should send money to a candidate that you support um, because campaigns are expensive. Uh, so that is important. But uh, in a non-political sense, um, let me say that uh, I would do something. You know, oftentimes we try to make action uh, some, you know, big, mysterious thing. Mm -hmm. Do something. Go to your neighborhood park and help clean it up. Help volunteer there, you know, help, help, help volunteer, you know, sometime in the summer when their kids are help, help kids at your local school with, with their after school activities. Uh, spend time on Saturday at the, you know, neighborhood rec center when they're playing basketball or playing baseball or whatever it is that you have an expertise in. Mm -hmm. Use that expertise for your community. Uh, people would be surprised how much of an impact we all could have. I mean, because everyone's space is not necessarily running for elected office. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's not everybody. But whatever it is that you do, if you're a lawyer, uh, well, how can you use your law degree to help people? You know, when's the last time you helped a senior with their will? Or when's the last time you helped someone with a power of attorney? Or when's the last time you gave free legal advice? If you're a, a CPA, when's the last time you helped with you know, free tax preparation or something. Whatever you find your hands to do, do it. It's the way that we can all get involved. Now, as far as the politics and helping push forward people's agenda, I do think we should, people should take more um, seriously their social media platforms. I mean, I just, I wonder if Dr. King or if Malcolm X were around and they had Facebook mm -hmm. or Instagram, 
how how powerful they would be. You know, I don't you know I don't necessarily uh, always give Donald Trump praise. Actually, I never give Donald Trump praise. Only time I gave him praise was the First Step Act because the First Step Act was actually something good. But if you look at how he uses his social media, mm. he's been able to use it. They should be doing the same exact thing. How do you get your voice and your views out there? Use it to get your voice and your views out there. But don't just say something. Do something about it. Whatever your, your hands find to do, do it. That's a good answer. Thank you. All right. If I, if I could paraphrase, it's, it's not necessarily so much about doing things in a political fashion, but if each person could take their individual gifts and yes. just share that directly within the community, yes. that's how to make the country overall a better place. 100%. I love that. <laughs> so just a couple more questions for you. I know you got a roll. Um, mm -hmm. Let's talk about some of the projects that you're working on right now. Sure. Um, trying to get past. I believe you're doing uh, probation and parole reform work. Yes. Yes. So um, a lot of um, my, my partner, Cheryl Delosier, and I, who we worked on the Clean Slate Act together, um, she and I are working together now on uh, probation uh, and parole reform uh, here in Pennsylvania. A lot of folks have become more aware of what's going on in the Pennsylvania probation system because of what has happened with, uh, you know, rapper Meek Mill uh, mm. and, and, you know, how many times he's been sent back for, for technical violations and the last time where he almost faced uh, two to four years in, 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 in prison and actually was imprisoned until um, the Supreme Court uh, released him. Uh, since then, uh, Meek, Mike Rubin, uh, Jay-Z, uh, Robert F. Smith and others uh, have come together to create something called the Reform Alliance. Mm -hmm. uh, and the Reform Alliance, uh, their sole goal is to change probation and parole reform, for change probation and parole laws in across the country. And Pennsylvania is the first place they're focusing on. So we're working with them, as well as the Justice Action Network, uh, the Commonwealth Foundation, Families Against Mandatory Minimums, the ACLU, kind of like the whole cadre of folks that we worked with before on the conservative and liberal side um, to reform how we do uh, probation and parole in Philadelphia, looking at how we, you know, change what we call technical violations, looking at, you know, providing good time credit for those who are on uh, probation and parole, uh, and, and looking at how, um, you know, we, we change um, the, 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 the technical violation piece, which which in Pennsylvania, any encounter that you have with a law enforcement officer could be considered a technical violation and could send you back to jail or to prison. So we're looking at how we fix that system. In addition to that, we have another bill that we're working on around what we call occupational licenses. In Pennsylvania, there are more than 30 occupational licensing boards. So from, uh, from uh, hair braiders to barbers to auctioneers, to real estate agents, to home inspectors, to CPAs, to doctors, to nurses. There are all of these different licensing boards. And in their regulations, there are these what we call moral clauses where uh, you have to be a person of good moral character. Well, the board and many of the boards have interpreted that to be that those with criminal records, even if it's 10, 15, 20 years ago, and it has absolutely nothing to do with what you're trying to do, 
they've interpreted that as not having a good moral character and have denied licenses to people who have turned their lives around, who have changed their ways, or who are just trying to uh, become better citizens and become gainfully employed. So we're looking at how we define that and looking at changing how we do that in Pennsylvania, making sure that when a person uh, applies, that the only time you look at their crime is if their crime has something to do with the license. So for example, you know, if you're trying to get, uh, let's say if you're trying to be a CPA and you have an embezzlement charge, well, maybe that's not going to work. But if you want to be a, a, a real estate agent, I don't know why does, why does it matter that you got convicted of selling drugs 15 years ago? Like right. those two, they have no uh, relationship with each other. So um, we're trying to change the law on that so that we can get more people from tax burden to taxpayer uh, and really uh, reintegrate people back into our society. Man, that's, that's important stuff you're doing. And that's why I have this show because I believe the mainstream media isn't always painting us in a positive light, if you will. And I do think the mainstream media is so heavily geared toward one side when it comes to politics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me be having a finance background, I mean, I was a financial advisor uh, until the beginning mm-hmm. of this year. And, you know, my platform is all about financial education mm-hmm. and personal development, personal growth. And mm-hmm. I believe that highlighting the work that positive people are doing out in the world is personal growth, because mm-hmm. I think that it's really changing the narrative that someone can look on this show, see someone like you, see someone like me, see that we're intelligent, educated, articulate, and we're doing positive things, making real impact in society. Mm-hmm. And so just can't thank you enough for, for coming on and just sharing your words today, uh, as well as your time. Uh, if you've got one more minute, I do have one final question for you. It's out of my, my book. Okay, um, go ahead. I got one minute. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so it's, it's regarding the industry of for-profit prisons. Um, what do we what do we do about that, uh, or what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I don't support uh, for profit prisons. I think right. um, uh, monetizing uh, the incarceration of people is wrong. Many of these prisons uh, have had contracts with municipalities, counties, and uh, commonwealths or, or states where there is a minimum on how many beds they have to have filled, which means that you're incentivizing, um, you know, governments to lock people up. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't make sense. You, look, prison should not be about making money. It's it's, it's supposed to be co- about correcting people. Correct. Uh, and I think it should be owned, operated um, by by government, uh, so that there's no uh, financial benefit in keeping someone incarcerated. And 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 because what stops what stops uh, private business from not doing the work of rehabilitation um, because they would know that recidivating um, would mean that they would have more people in there. Right. Prison. We, we have to get out of the business of, of private prisons in, 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 in Pennsylvania and around the country. If you, well, if you can do anything to help with that, that would be awesome. <laughs> right. So let's, let's get you reelected next year, right? Uh, we're working on it and I appreciate that. All right, my friend. Well, hey, I think I think that's our time for today. Uh, just thank you so much. I mean, I know that you've got a lot going on over there. And like I said, I'm sure that you could have spent your time doing interviews with, with any network today. So just thank you for visiting with me and allowing me to share this message with everyone. Thank you so much. Awesome. Have a wonderful day. All right. Bye now. Mm-hmm.